Our latest guest on soundtracking is a composer I've been trying to pin down for absolutely yonks. So often has his name been mentioned on the podcast. Ludwig Gornson is best known for his work with Childish Gambino, Ryan Coogler on Disney's The Mandalorian and most recently the Christopher Nolan blockbuster Tenet. And for all the wrong reasons, it's fitting that we speak to him now, given he won an Oscar for his score for Black Panther. Now, I recorded this interview before we learned of the tragic news about Chadwick Boseman, who died of cancer last week, aged just 44. But given Ludwig's connection to the film, it seemed only right we paid tribute to its star. Back in episode 77, I was fortunate enough to speak to director Ryan Coogler and Marvel executive producer Nate Moore about Black Panther. And Nate told the most absolutely gorgeous story as to how Chad was cast in the role, which we thought you'd like to hear. We were in the conference room at Marvel and it was me and Joe and Anthony Russo and Kevin and we were talking about the possibility of putting Panther in Civil War. And then I was like, we should cast Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, let's cast Chadwick Boseman. We called our casting director, Sarah Finn, who's done all of the Marvel films. I said, Sarah, can you find Chadwick Boseman's number? So she found, <laughs> she threw his reps, found him. He was on the press tour for Get On Up. I think he was in Switzerland. And Kevin, Joe, Anthony and I were on speakerphone and Kevin goes, hey, Chadwick, it's Kevin Feige here. And Chadwick's like, hey, you know, great to meet you. Uh, hey, would you like to be Black Panther? <laughs> I'm sure he's like, wait, what's going on? Uh, yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah, we think you'd be great. And Joe and Anthony are like, yeah, we're big fans. We, lo-, you know, Aww. come meet us when you're back from your press tour. Okay. Uh, and I remember we came, he came back, so he came to LA a couple weeks later, maybe a month later, and we pitched him the story. And at the end of the meeting, he was like, oh, I thought I was a cameo. I didn't oh, realize man. I had a story. Like, I'm in the movie. You're like, yeah, you're in the movie, but like, you are a big part of that movie. So it doesn't always that's happen that way. Right. And that's probably not how you want to cast your films. And it just happens that Chadwick is so talented. Yeah. And threw himself into the role in a way that, that is both speaks to how good he is, but also how committed he was to mm. getting it right. Marvel's Nate Moore on Chadwick Boseman, who will be sorely, sorely missed for so many reasons. Now, before we get to Ludwig, some news about a new podcast I'm working on in partnership with BMW. Where soundtracking allows me to explore my love of music and film, I am thoroughly enjoying putting together Play Next. It's a new weekly podcast bringing you the best of pioneering up and coming music artists. Now, in each show, I play you a fantastic selection of tracks in their entirety that I can't stop listening to. It's been really exciting to delve deep into new music and share some of the best tracks out there with you. We also focus on a different, innovative, exciting artist each week by chatting to them about their process and creativity. We also wanted to address and discuss some really fascinating and important topics surrounding the music industry. So to do that, I'm joined by an industry figure for each episode to explore a whole range of topics from the future of festivals to the process of making music and the most exciting emerging platforms. Guests so far have included Giles Peterson and none other than Hans Zimmer. You can listen and subscribe now on all major streaming platforms with new episodes released every Wednesday. That's Play Next, a new podcast about new music in partnership with BMW. And so to the fabulous Ludwig. Now, what else could we start with in a cue from the extraordinary Black Panther entitled Wakanda Origins?
Hey Ludwig, how are you? I'm great, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm really, really good. What a great wall you have, mind you, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I brought you into my studio. It's really, really good. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, of course. It's been so wonderful because you featured, I was just re-listening to, uh, I was lucky enough to spend some time with your very good friend, Ryan Coogler, quite a while ago now. When was that? Uh, wow, that's uh, that's got to be... Was that two years since, three years since Black Panther came out? Doing a bit. So when he was across in the UK, um, I was lucky enough to get some time with you. So your ears must have been burning because we talked quite a lot about you. <laughs> okay. um, but we'll get onto that in a second. But uh, let's talk about Tenet, first of all. The, the whole thing is just brilliant. I, and I also think because I've missed going to the cinema so much. Yeah. Um, and I was lucky enough to get to see the film last week at in an IMAX cinema, and I felt like a child at Christmas again. It was just, yeah, it was great. Did it feel weird? It was slightly weird. There was quite a lot of rules and regulations. Like, you had to, like, go to the toilet with a security guard, and we had to, like, leave, like, row by row. But it was one, I think it was the first time that the cinema had had people in, so we were almost kind of like their guinea pigs in a way. But in terms of as soon as you kind of, the lights went down, and it was like... Yeah, it was so transformative. It was, it was brilliant, yeah. The score for Tenet is, is kind of weaved into the framework of kind of every morsel of it. You know, I, didn't, I, I wanted to be in the moment watching the film and so I've, I've got some really badly written sort of notes that I made whilst I was watching it to try and pinpoint certain things in the hope that I was going to get to talk to you. You know, we were lucky enough to talk yesterday at the press conference and you said that you were brought in way before they started filming. But can I take you back before that? Yeah. And when you were asked to do the film, how were you asked? What was the conversation? Well, first I was just asked to take a meeting with, with Chris. And uh, I went over to his uh, house, his office, and um, didn't know what to expect. And I think I was there. I ended up being there for like six or seven hours. Uh, <laughs> I think my wife started getting a little bit worried because I had my phone off. But I was just in there. Just We were just in there, like just drinking tea and just listening to music and chatting about music we went through his record collection listening kind of to to the soundtrack of his of his life and talking about what his influences were and what you know some of his favorite film scores and some of his favorite artists and i played a music that that had influenced me and and we just had a really good fun conversation and we just kind of just immediately just it clicked so a couple it's like a weird later, date yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple of days later, he asked me to come by and see and read the script. And I went there and I was, they put me in a room with just like a table and a script. And I was, I think I spent like five hours in there, had my mind blown and immediately went to talk to Chris about script and just asking him a bunch of questions and just thinking about every, like every possibility that you can do with music. And, and just he, I, I, immediately I kind of knew uh, that he was very interested in like just experimenting and just so I, I, he was like, well, let's, let's write some music. So I went back to my studio and um, he's like, can you come back next week and play me some stuff? And, and I wrote like a 10 piece, a 10 minute piece of music and went back to his office the week after and played, played. I had to put it on a CD. He was like, because yeah. <laughs> that's how he listens to stuff. And uh, so we found a CD burner and, and burned a CD with my 10 minute demo. And, and he put it into a CD player and turned it up to 10. And uh, I think kind of in, in pretty early on, like in the piece, it was like I had like this crazy sidechain based synth. And as I, the whole 
house started shaking and I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like worried that it was going to be too much, but I was like, oh, he, he really likes this. <laughs> Can you remember any of the the music that you played for him and he played for you at that initial meeting? Because it's interesting to to know if that musical introduction to each other kind of fed into what you ended up making, really, for or had any connection to the film as well. Yeah, there was. Um, I think one of the pieces that he played for me that I thought was super cool was. Uh, geez, I can't remember the composer. I think, um, but it was a piece written for like guitar orchestra. Mm-hmm. He played me this YouTube clip, and it was like seventy guitars. <laughs> wow! It was it was it was like something I never heard before. I didn't even know it existed, but it was an orchestral piece for seventy guitar electric guitars, and it was just it, it didn't sound like guitars. Mm. And that's kind of where we started our conversations. Like, let's you know, let's experiment and definitely start experiment with guitars. And because I'm also, as you can tell, uh, <laughs> <laughs> trying to count them. There's not seventy behind you, but there's quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. So I just started experimenting with with guitars, and and he also wanted me to kind of very early start thinking about the action scene. So I wrote like a piece with guitar and manipulated the guitar in a bunch of different ways that that you can't really tell it was guitar anymore and i wrote this kind of 10 minute action piece that that he pretty immediately heard something a melody that was like okay well this is this is the protagonist scene yeah so pretty early on we were we were, we were rolling wow When you read the script, do you, you know, in the same way that when, when I read a book, I can almost kind of visualize the characters in a way. When you're reading the script, can you almost kind of hear hear things and, you know, are you, are you already kind of creating in your head? Yeah, it's, it's not really melodies, but I'm creating just thinking about the world we're in. Yeah. And just 
it's visually and conceptually a world that is, you know, I never been in before. And I think most people never been in before. So how do we create this unique sound palette and make it feel like it's, it's its own world? Yeah. Did you watch back any of his other films? Oh yeah. Back and watch. I think I watched most of them. Uh, and also I thought back to like one of the first films I saw with him is in the theater, which was uh, Batman Begins. I was like 20 and I saw it in a the theater in Stockholm. And I remember going back home and just like, it was almost like I saw also, uh, it was also felt like I was almost at a live concert. It's like an opera, you know, the way he uses music. It's like a musical or like an opera, like the, the way the music is a character in his movies. And yeah, I was, I was always been so interested in, in just getting a glimpse in, in his mind and see how he thinks about music. Were you at that point already writing music for, for images and things by that point? Or, or, you know, were you creating score at that point? I was actually studying jazz guitar um, performance major. That was my major in college. But I had written a piece for orchestra. I was I was really into film scores. I, I, I knew that I wanted to do that. Uh, I didn't know how I was going to go about it. But I think definitely seeing that movie in the theater was just like, that was just like another uh, vehicle in my mind to just like push myself into trying to get into that world somehow. amazing story to then be creating a, an amazing score for him it's like isn't life brilliant sometimes <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird right it's funny how that how it lines up yeah i apologize now for my really bad kind of descriptions of stuff in terms of bits of score but it'd just be lovely to kind of talk about because it's really and i guess that that's the way that he works i was lucky enough to speak to him around um interstellar time about the, the score for that and working with Hans and the organ and how important that was to almost be the kind of heartbeat of everything around that film really.
And with this, I just think that the music is is part of the narrative. Really, it's part of the emotion. It's part of the action. It's part of everything. Even that opening, there's the kind of opening sequence, and there's the kind of rhythm and the drums, and it's kind of like you're kind of out the dot. You know, you're, you're off out the marks kind of thing, and it's such a brilliant way to start. And you're kind of like, right, I'm ready. <laughs> you know, it's um. And, but that kind of, but the rhythm, I think, is such an important thing because the rhythm, the film has a rhythm. The film has a kind of, almost like a dance to it, I think, in a way as well. Yeah. Yeah, especially, I mean, I mean, John Dave Washington is like, he's an athlete and just like the way he moves and the way he does, you know, he does all the fights and like, just, I also went to set and so I witnessed it in person. So just like being there and seeing him working and, and how into it he is and, and talking to him about his, his character is just and also, obviously, Chris, like the story is very much centered around time, like a lot of his movies are, like most of his movies are. And so I know that just off the bat, rhythmically, he, he, rhythm is, is very important to him. Mm. And I'm also extremely interested in rhythm. I think today, like today for me, like that's one of the things that key elements for me that can make something that, that makes music. If I can find a rhythm or a new pattern, rhythmic pattern, that's a little bit out of out of the ordinary. Yeah, that's something that that makes me inspired into writing music, and that's how I can kind of come up with new ideas from starting with a rhythm that that's a little bit different. And I, I like to work with different time signatures and, and complex rhythms. performances inspire you or influence the music in any way at all yeah i mean there's there's so many levels to to each character and to every relationship yeah much from from when you see it the first time I, I i was lucky enough to see the movie like 40 50 times from beginning to end and and just from watching it that many times i was able to understand things that i wasn't the first time and 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 I under I was in, I understood the complexity in each character and and I think from understanding the complexity of each character I was able to make it easier for the audience to understand the complexity of the character. So for me that was like a crucial part of of my my work like being able to see it that many times and and really being able through through that to tie the storylines together with the score. I had written down the cheese grater great guitar piece of score. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what I meant by that, but I just like I had to ask you about it. Uh, it's like the it's 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 such a great scene because you don't really need any music there, but but it's it's like we placed out the the protagonist theme just played by a solo guitar, just six notes, 
and it just goes with every blow he makes and just it's just music as as its symbols of the essence yeah most intimate thing you can do and it just you know it, it works it just works so well with with the action there and there's also um the the train tracks and the kind of the the, the the you can't separate the sound that kind of you know that sound that you have around a, a junction where there's there's multiple train tracks and trains are moving and they're in different states of movement they're kind of screeching and the the brakes and all that and you can't differentiate between what's the score and what's and that is so clever because it's just it's ingrained in the kind of in your in your connection with that scene and how you feel watching where he is in that scene as well. Yeah, and I I think that goes for for the whole movie. Like as an audience member, is how you, how Chris really created this feeling like you're experiencing everything through the protagonist's eyes and all his reactions. You're 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 discovering things on his. You're completely morphed in his journey. Mm. That's exactly what you're saying about that scene. You're like you're in his head. You're like you don't know where the sound. It's like chaos. You know he's. Is like is this this music or is this the train sound? So I think that's a feeling that that Chris was able to caption capture through through throughout the whole movie with with the score. to someone like Kenneth Branagh and the villain do you kind of approach that almost when you're talking about themes as well of kind of you know creating a sort of villainous soundscape for 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 his kind of presence and his story and his kind of journey as well yeah like his his uh soundscape is a little bit more ambient and just like these like more like this nuclear hisses and sounds and like we also use as a recorded Chris Nolan breathing into a microphone and took those breaths and like manipulated them and turned them into like rhythms and uh, really uncomfortable sounds to symbolize uh, Sator and added these low 808s in reverse um, to kind of make you just feel really uncomfortable.
I like that Chris used his voice for the villain. What does that tell us? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, uh, yeah. <laughs> it worked very well. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I love a car chase. And the car, I mean, and, and Christopher Nolan knows how to shoot a car chase, whether that's in Inception and, you know, there's all manner of things going on within the vehicles and, you know, all those kind of things. He can do it kind of on so many levels. And this just blew my mind, the, the kind of car chase scenes uh, in this film. It's so hard to talk about in a way because I always I never want to spoil anything for anyone in terms of the experience. You know, it's kind of almost the less you know going into things, I think, is the better because then you fully experience it in the way that you're meant to. But but with those, was that fun to kind of work with that? Because that's obviously got, a, you know, the, the whole time inversion is part of that whole scene scenes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, they're tied to each other. Like they're, they're, the first one is, is, is they're both extremely high tempo and like high, have tons of energy to it musically, but they're also incorporating the protagonist theme and Satra's theme. And also have the phonetics of like these, I have these synth arpeggios that kind of goes, uh, makes it extremely phonetic. And then there's, it's almost like, I don't know. It's almost like, I, I kind of want to get the feeling like, almost like you're in, you're in the club. That's the feeling I get from watching movies like it feels like you're in a concert yeah way that he shoots his scenes is like it's he's building his building his building and there's a drop so i was i wanted to get the same feeling out of the music there and obviously the second part scene is 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 an inverted version of the first one so it's a lot of the a lot of the thing elements gets reversed and the, the rhythms gets reversed too so amazing Brilliant. It's so great. And 
And did you have and and then he's done a, he's done a, I think it's a first for him as well with regards to the the Travis Scott track as well. And did you did you have anything to do with that? Yeah. So one of the last things we did for the movie was you know writing an end credit. So I was I was I was in the I was writing an end credit for for the for the movie and and. I mean, every time I saw the movie from beginning to finish, I just, I was so floored, you know, this, and this experience, I never had, like, I had never experienced this before and the feeling <laughs> in this whole movie. And I, when I felt the end credits come on, I had an idea of like, we should have a new voice here because if we already hear stuff you've already heard in the score, it, it gets a little anticlimactic and it, it makes you start thinking about trying to analyze things. And I just wanted, I just wanted to have a new element that just continued taking you on the journey. Yeah. And we need a new voice there, and and, and I think Travis uh, Scott's voice is so interesting the way he uses his voice in production wise, and 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 it also I think his voice is also an element that kind of really worked in the sound palette that me and Chris created for the score. So I actually I I was like I brought that idea up to Chris. I was like, what if we have this idea of of putting Travis Scott in in the end credits, and and Chris was super into it, and we had a we arranged for a screening for Travis. I think Travis was probably one of the first people in the world to see the movie. Um, and so he saw it and, and like he had a great reaction to it. And, and like what he took away from the movie in the conversations afterward was Chris was exactly what Chris wanted to hear. So it was just kind of a was was a given. And um, Travis took off to start working on the song. And I sent him I sent him the, the score from the I made a beat out of the out of the it was kind of already there the, the, from the fire truck scene. I'd written that one down as well. Yeah, that was another one of my ones. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that would be perfect for him, so I sent him that that beat, and he made a song around it, and he sent it back, and, and I worked on it a little bit together, and and then put in the end titles, and it was perfect. <laughs> so good so chris and i took a little snippet of his vocal and put it into a couple of key moments of the score 
with the protagonist theme. So when you hear the protagonist theme in, through the movie, it's accompanied by a little snippet of Travis Scott's vocals. Wow, that's amazing. noticed as well I don't get I might be wrong but when when uh, the character Neil when Robert Pattinson's character arrives there's a slight shift in the score as well in terms of almost like there's a slight tonal shift that it it kind of almost is telling you something about the narrative within the score that's not vocalized yeah absolutely it's it's um you know it the shift there is like it's it's it tells you about their relationship it, mm. it makes you feel like I'm not getting into spoilers, but but it's immediately telling you the story of the relationship. It's also his theme and their friendship theme is also um, sounds that you can also that works playing backwards and forwards. So yeah. if you play that that scene or that score, play that score backwards, there's also another element to it that kind of like works as an Easter egg. Yeah.
guys are way too clever. It's amazing. <laughs> but as a second thing, I can't wait to see it again because I know that every time I see this film, there's going to be other stuff that's going to unveil itself to me as well. It's kind of like the, the gift that keeps on giving, basically. Do you mind if we talk about a couple of other things as well? In lockdown, my kids, I've got two boys. They're, I mean, they're, they were desperate to come and say hello. They're seven and 12. And we have obsessed over at The Mandalorian. Oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And my seven-year-old, he's definitely going to do something with music, but he's been making like playlists and stuff that we play around the house. And the first thing that he, he's got four or five different versions of the main Mandalorian theme on there. <laughs> it's the first thing that he put on. Oh, really? And then you kind of hear him just going, do, 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 do. just be around the house kind of singing it to himself. It's brilliant. I love as well the way they did the little um, galleries films that we've watched for every, you know, really for for the kind of geeks like us, really picking apart things. And it's there, yeah, we, I think we've watched them as many times as we've watched The Mandalorian. For people who want to kind of do a bit of a deep dive into that, they should go and watch that on, on Disney Plus because your episode is great as well in terms of getting a real insight into to that. Were you, a, were you a Star Wars fan? Were you a fan of that world? And, and kind of, if you were going into that, did you have to put that to one side or did you fully embrace it? I was definitely, I mean, I, I think I was more a fan of, of I mean, I obviously love Star Wars, but I was originally just a fan of, of the music. I, th- I remember that was the one, it was the music that brought me into the movie. And, you know, it's, 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 it's I would say the most, the best piece of music ever created for, for film. And so obviously going into that world was, was, was you know, a, a lot of pressure. But as soon as I heard, I knew that John and, and Dave Filoni wanted to take it somewhere else and do something different it was extremely uh, liberating and, and exciting and but also challenging and i think something that i used instead of as something that i want that i used as an inspiration was like i was trying to get into uh the mindset that john williams was at the time when he was writing it so i went back and instead of just listening to star wars i went back and listened to his earlier work that he where he where his mindset was right but before he created the Star Wars trilogy. I remember being at school and playing the uh, tenor recorder and you have definitely made the recorder a new sexy instrument from, <laughs> from, from the way that you talk about it in that little gallery thing as well. It's like kids around the world who are being forced to play the recorder at school are like, yes, 
<laughs> now it's an instrument that you know is brilliant. I love that. Maybe that's something they'll play now and then. Uh, you know, instead of what's the first piece you you play the. Uh, London's Burning was the first thing that I learned. Yeah, on the uh, on the recorder. Maybe it'll be the Mandalorian theme now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's only fair, surely. But I'm excited also for, for the second season of that as well as we all are, yeah. which I, I hope we're getting at some point this year, at some point. Have you finished it? I'm like right in the middle. Tweaking. Tweaking, yeah. <laughs> um, and then this fantastic collaboration, relationship, friendship you have with with Ryan, which goes way back to, he was telling us to, to you guys, you, know, you were students together. Yeah, he was one of my first friends in in America when I, when, you know, when I first moved here from Sweden in 2007, I lived in the dorm with like one of his classmates and he came over one night. I think one of the first things we talked about was like Chris Nolan movies. And, uh, <laughs> and then we also talked about um, like Swedish artists. Like he was like really into like Dra- little dragon and legally. And oh yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know about these. You know, I was just surprised that he knew about all these Swedish music artists. And uh, so we got, we just hit it off like a friendship off the bat and seeing that relationship through so many so many films as well so many different types of films that's the that's the kind of the brilliant thing about about him as a storyteller you know in terms of he can it's great that he's not been kind of put in a box of being a a type of filmmaker he can really throw his weight to to so many types of of stories and characters and and scale as well and the scale of black panther was just but the intimacy of it as well, I think, in terms of the storytelling and the characters that he he told in that, I thought was great. But yeah, he told us about your your trip to trip to research trip to Africa, and I mean that's an amazing commitment to to your work really and your craft to really kind of get that authenticity. Why was that so important to you? I mean, kind of you know similar to what I was said in the beginning, talking about creating a sound world for Tenet. You know, after I read the script of Black Panther. Obviously, understanding, trying to understand what world it takes place in, and really, uh, I think one of one of my favorite things to do on on any project is to create a unique palette and, and sound world for each project. And I think the only way I could have done that for Black Panther would have been to go. I went to Senegal in this in this case, and you know, started recording music and sounds there with 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 local musicians, and really trying to learn as much as possible. And, and yeah. I'm fortunate enough to work on, on projects where I just where I get to learn new things.
what I love about, uh, and I was listening to the Black Panther score in the car today, and it's the it's the journey that the, the pieces of music go on. You know, whether it's um, Warrior Falls or Killmonger, it's just they, they start off as one thing, and the 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 journey that they go on as pieces of music is just is extraordinary. They start, you know, some start really intimate and kind of and delicate, and then they become these kind of huge kind of scapes. That must be a, an amazing opportunity as a you know as a musician and a composer to have that opportunity you know to to cover all bases really yeah and i I, you know i love um i just love combining genres and instruments and just like leave all doors open to to any kind of sound or genre and and just mix and match and i I think through those type of experiments that's the only way where i can feel like i'm creating something new yeah interesting because I, I noticed that you know ryan and chris are in terms of how they work with uh, music in their movies is they they are they don't put temp scores in their films yeah when they start editing a movie the only music that they put in is from ideas that are written based on the script if, which is a composer's dream <laughs> yeah it's it's a, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's it's it really like you know gives you a lot of liberty and, and but also a lot of confidence in, in, in your first cut and you're already hearing ideas and compositions that 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 you've been working on here and also like your biggest enemy in in in, in the world when you're working on a project on the film especially is time you know and when you get so involved so early you really have the time to elaborate on your ideas and create something unique and i, I think yeah what we do for tenet is 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 you know chris is really creates these unique experiences and unique events and it's just, it's unlike anything else when you're working with christopher nolan he has his own time so he's in charge of time so you're absolutely fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>
And then finally, um, we're running out of time. I could chat to you all night about this, but you know, similarly with with wine and and with um, with with Charles Gambino and the work that you guys have done together as well. And you know, for over so many years and over so many different types of projects as well, be it with just you know his music or or with working on um, community in Atlanta and stuff as well. But that um, this is America was just I think such an important piece of art. Yeah. Um, at, at the time, would you mind just? Just kind of briefly talking about that and the creation of that. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, it's it's similar to Ryan. Like we've been also we've been working for a very long time. So there is, you know, if we we put a lot of hours into our collaboration, and, and I think you know we just got into a, a rhythm where where things just you know we're we're on this particular dimension together, working and creating, and and. I think we 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 definitely we we started the bones of this is America when we I think that was actually we started that idea when I was starting experimenting for for Black Panther. Um, so it was an idea that the music came out really fast. Like we we made this idea in like a half a day, and then and then Donald spent like a year, you know, before the song actually came out to just tweak the vocals. So there were you know, every little vocal and all the ad libs spent a year to just tweak it. Wow. Every little detail to kind of just make it perfect. And then accompanied by, you know, this great piece of art, you know, the video they did and, and which is incredible. you so much for your time it's genuinely a real real treat to get to chat to you i'm such a fan and i hope we get to do it again some point and yeah thank you so much congratulations ludwig thank you yeah you did let's say hi to your little kids yeah we'll do yeah <laughs> they're probably watching the mandalorian actually <laughs> let me can i quickly shout on them to quickly say hello do you mind yeah hold on one sec. bye Ruth, quick come and say hi quick quick quick, quick. <laughs> come say hi quick just come see hi. Hello. <laughs> you hear this? Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed your music in um, Black Thank Panther you. and Mandalorian. 
Thank you. Oh, Ludwig, thank you, mate. You're a super superstar. So nice to meet you. Oh, nice to see you. <laughs> thank you. Bye, dude. Thank you so much. That's, that's made their year. Thank you. Right. Take care. Bye. <laughs>chapter two of the mandalorian that's walking in mud by ludwig gornson rounding off this latest episode of soundtracking with the swedish composer my huge eternal thanks to ludwig for not only taking the time to talk to us but for making my son's summer with his impromptu live rendition of the mando theme oh i am dining out on that for the rest of the year Tenet is on general release now, while season two of The Mandalorian will be with us in October on Disney+. Woohoo! Head to edithbowman.com to catch up with all of our previous episodes, including my chat with Ryan Coogler and Nate Moore about Black Panther. My website is also the place to subscribe to the podcast, though your preferred provider works just as well. That's a hard one to say. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at SoundtrackingUK. Do look up our YouTube channel if you have a moment where I put together a regular companion piece to this show featuring a host of familiar faces and voices from the entertainment industries. Next up, Harry Gregson-Williams. Boy, does he have a lot to talk about. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. In the meantime, stay safe.